All right, welcome back to Songs Garage with Racer M and me. Today, we have a very special guest on our podcast, uh, one of my favorite people in the world and a personal hero of mine, Lyrics Born, legendary hip-hop artist from the Bay. He shares his history, his love for music, his origin story, and then she drops some wisdom with us. So hopefully you guys get something out of it. Enjoy. Talk to you all soon. All right, all right. Welcome to Songs Garage. Today we have Bay Area hip hop legend Lyrics Born. Uh, real name? Do you mind? Uh, Tom Shamira, uh, aka Lyrics Born. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's he. You have t- ten plus albums, more, way, yeah. way, way more. Mm-hmm. Um, born and raised in Berkeley. Born in Tokyo. Raised in Berkeley, yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you moved to Berkeley? Uh, well, we, we came to America. I was probably two, two or three. Okay. And then, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just going to read facts because I want to get into like real conversation, but mm. I think I got to plug you because, uh, you know, a legend needs to, to, to be uh, explained to some people mm-hmm. that are ignorant. So, all right. So... <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you got, uh, so you are known also as like the hardest working man in show business, over a hundred to hundred fifty shows a year. Mm-hmm. Is this true? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it varies, but at n- usually no less than a hundred. No less than a hundred. Usually not. And how many countries? Uh, well, it, it year by year it varies, but you know, I try to do at least three to four per oh, year. Wow. Yeah. Wow, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. I mean that. So that would be that. That would go to kind of my next, uh, I guess, statement mm-hmm. or words. Two words: journeyman, journeyman. This is so funny. I'm <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> this is Racer M, by the way. He just kind of nods. You have any questions for lyrics? I'm just listening, and then I'll jump off okay. at a point. Yeah. All right. So journeyman, and uh, I would say a journeyman artist. Mm. Uh, just cut into the fat. I would say, um, you know, when I when I think of you, I I feel like I have to work harder as an artist. I have to be mm-hmm. more sincere. Um, I see how you have fun with your art and your craft. And then also, at the end of the day, man, I stand back and I go, you know, I admir- admire this guy as a man. Thank you, man. You know, Thank it's, you. It's simple as Likewise, that. Likewise, so, man. Thank you. And it's an honor for you to be sitting in my garage. Thank you. Just kind of share some of your you know journey. Sure. I'd, I'd love to hear. Where you found your music, man? So I guess you know when we when we moved from Japan, the first place that we we lived was Salt Lake City. It was in Utah, and so I was in Utah from the time I was like three till about six, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, it I know it's only three years, but in my mind, when I look back, it just felt like such a long time. You know, to to like the experience felt like I, I felt like there was so much going on. You know, when you're when you're a child, I feel like time lasts longer. You know, and um, there it was really a place that was sort of um, it was there was a lot of fun things about it um, as a kid, but there was really no music, and so I wasn't really exposed to music until I moved to California mm. when I moved to Berkeley, and then by at that point, I think I was in the second grade when we moved, and. Uh, I had heard um, Sugar Hill Gang for the first time, and 
I, I knew all the words to the song before I had even heard the actual song because all the kids would would be rapping it on the playground. Mm. And I'm like, what is that? You know, I mean, you got to, mm-hmm. it's hard to put in context now because hip hop is everywhere now. Oh, oops. I just broke your shit. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. Because hip hop is everywhere now. But back then it was, you, you had to seek it out, you know, if you really wanted to hear it. But um, all the kids were, were rapping it on the playground. And so I was like, what is that? And they were like, oh, you don't know? And then they just rapped the entire song. And so you couldn't help but absorb it. And then finally I heard the record probably a couple months later. And by the time I had heard it, I knew what it was. But it was just so, it was just so mesmerizing for me. You know, to to hear rap and rapping, you know, because it's not it's not something that like you could go to school for like you could you can't it's not like you could take guitar lessons or singing lessons. It's like even to this day, it's entirely a self-taught art. You know, there's no I don't I don't maybe there are people out there, but you definitely can't go take rap lessons, you know, and so. That's I fell in love at first sight, you know, or upon first listen. And um, I didn't start trying to do it myself, though, until probably, you know, I wrote little, probably wrote little raps, little rhymes in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. But it, it wasn't until I got to high school where I got around, like, other people that were doing it, too. I, I got to Berkeley High, and um, I started uh, actually writing seriously. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I did that you know, for like all throughout my freshman year. And, um, and then I kind of got discouraged with it, you know, and then, uh, I picked it up again, but I still stayed a huge fan. Um, but then I picked it up again. Where where did discouragement come from? Um, because I was sort of the peewee of the crew, Mm. you know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know. It was was a tough position to be in, you know, like all the guys that all my mentors were a lot older than me, you know? And it was kind of like, uh, you know, guys that had a lot of local fame, you know. But did you feel like maybe, did you feel like your Asianness prevented you from fully feeling like you could partake in the conversation? No. Never? No, I never no. felt that way, no. you know. And I think maybe it was because where I was from, uh, you know, the Bay Area particularly at that time was so diverse you know, especially later on, it was it wasn't unusual to see somebody like Dan the Automator or Qbert mm-hmm. or you know, and then ten minutes away would be like Too Short, or, you know, or Hieroglyphics, you know, Souls of Mischief. So we all kind of grew up in this very insular, special place, and so to see somebody that looked like me doing what I was doing it really wasn't that unusual Mm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I really didn't realize how unusual it. I mean I I guess I knew on a certain level like it was unusual but I didn't really experience that feeling firsthand until I started touring like nationally and internationally it's like maybe we talked about this before I mean I'm this is fast forward way in the future but like you know there were moments where like we would play certain towns like you know i think we talked about this earlier where you know my wife joy joy and myself were the only two people on stage might have been the only two asians in the entire city you know and but that was kind of interesting but at the same time it also 
illustrated to me how powerful music is because we just sold out this show. Yeah. They, they don't care. Yeah. People don't care. It's the music that yeah. they re that resonates with them. It's the art. It's yeah. the feeling yeah, that yeah. they get, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I think that in itself was was also just an invaluable learning experience, like kind of touring the country for the first few times, you know, just kind of getting the vibe of the country and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, there were definitely, in, in the 90s and in the 2000s, however, you know, there were certain moments where it was very difficult, not really on a, on, not from really from peer to peer or from myself to fan, but like being in an industry that wasn't used to seeing people like us, you right. know, that was kind of tough, you know, right, like walking right. into a, um, an agency, a record label, uh, you know, uh, uh, a PR office and really being the only Asian American in the entire building yeah you know what i yeah, mean yeah. that was kind of tough yeah. because they just didn't understand and to this day a lot of people they don't understand the cultural significance and the importance of what we do you know what i mean it's it's so much more than just oh sung's an actor or lyrics born's a rapper there's so many more layers to it and it's so nuanced, and I th I don't think the industry at large understands that. You know, sometimes you, you know. You know, you know. To to their defense, to to a little bit, mm -hmm. a little bit was because because when I met you, it redefined first of all what a hip hop artist was. Mm -hmm. it, it redefined what an Asian male mm -hmm. like musician was. Mm -hmm. It it actually redefined what like an Asian male to me was. Mm -hmm. Right. I mm -hmm. thought I was like, yo, how this guy is so familiar to me, but yet like. I haven't seen it packaged with him, with mm. his eyes, with mm -hmm. his face that is similar to mine. So yeah. when I remember when I first saw you at, on stage, it was like I was looking at you going, wow, this is inspiring because if if I had, you know, that passion for hip hop, mm -hmm. all I needed to see was you. And mm. and it's not because you're just posturizing or you're going through the, the, the motions. I was looking at you going, well, this is like abnormally like there's some gift in your voice like your voice is like you hear it and you go what where where is this coming it's like mm -hmm. it feels like you know almost like you know spiritual uh spiritual hymn voice that was like passed down generation and generation and then i see it from like another asian male i was mm -hmm. like whoa this is crazy and to me, when they would use you in commercials, like, you know, do you think you did like a Pepsi or Diet, Diet Coke commercial or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I felt like, oh, this is them kind of looking for what is the modern idea of urbanness, mm -hmm. urban hip. And I was like, yo, that's him. And it, because it came from Bay Area, Bay Area had a certain kind of swagger, had a certain inclusive kind of Asian kind of foundation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I felt like the, whoever the PR company behind that campaign, because they were looking for like this fresh voice of what is like, you know, finger on the pulse hip today mm -hmm. that's connected to this hip hop music as well. And then I was like, yo, it's like the perfect example, right? Right. And I felt like you were like a pioneer in that where if I were like a young, like aspiring hip hop artist that happened to have this face, mm. seeing you, it's like... To, to and you know no offense but we're just older now it's like mm -hmm. just to have an og to have a mentor mm. and i mean that was something that i missed and desperately seeked as an actor coming right. to this town it's like yo a version of me like help me brother mm. older brother like 
what were the trials and tribulations? What were the mistakes you made? Where, where do I need to watch out for those pitfalls, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And also, not just because they're successful on a financial or business, but then you go, well, as you get older, those priorities shift, and then you go, well, who's the man behind? Who are, mm -hmm. who are our heroes? And mm -hmm. I felt, I always feel, man, it's mm -hmm. like, even you can tell so much about somebody on their Instagram, and when I go through your Instagram, it's almost like a, like a, like a, a positive charge in my life mm -hmm. to go, hey, have fun with your art, don't take yourself too seriously, share, be passionate, and he's... His energy is exactly the same from when I met you like a decade ago, mm. you know, and that's what I want to kind of share with this audience and with the people listening. It's like, how do you keep that light, you know? Thank you for all that, you know. That's really, I really appreciate that, man. That's really, uh, I really do. I, you know, I think it's it's everything that you just said. I mean, I just, I really love what I do. You know, it's the only job I've ever had. It's really the only job I've ever wanted. And, um... And I, I think I, you, you can't take yourself too seriously, you know. And uh, I, I never, I mean, I like the living that I make, but it's never been about the money for me either. You know, it's about, it's always been about, from the, at, at first it was like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could make a song that, where I could, you know, incorporate X, Y, Z element, just something really simple and kind of crafty. Mm. It just started with that. And then as time went on, it would be like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could do 10 albums in my lifetime? And then from there, it was like, you know what? I. But then as I got older, it was like, th th just the importance I felt like of what I was doing started to broaden, you know? And I was like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could just carve my place out in history? You know, and and that as time went on, that became kind of the driving force for me. You know, now. Um, but carving your place in history for what? Like, what's the what's the lead behind? For 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 kind of what you said. You know, I mean, it, it it gives me a lot of pride to be able to say, you know, to to be the first. You know, to be a pine. I mean, I don't take that lightly. You know. For me, people say that, and for a long time, I rejected it. It's like, I don't care. I'm just trying to make good albums. Mm. However you feel about it, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. But now I've started to own it, I feel like, a little bit more. The past five years, I would say. Because at, at a certain point, I, I looked around, and I'm like, wow, I've been doing this for over half my life professionally, you know? And it doesn't seem to be slowing down, you know? And um, how long can I keep this going? You know, in, in a positive way, you right. know, like, wow, I really have the opportunity here to, you know, to do what so many of us haven't done, you know, and to make it easier for the next generation. You know, like I always, you know, you know, there's there's a on, on not my last album, but my album before I was like, you know, there's a line where, I, you know, I say I'm, I'm rounding the bases. For folks coming now for faces just as beige and names ending in vowels you know what i mean and that's really important for me at this point because i don't want it shouldn't be as hard for the next generation as it was for you and i you mm. know and if i can contribute to that in some small way um just to to open up the industry a little bit more or to show that it can be done you know, so, you know, I just, we did album number 12. Wow. I'm getting ready to drop 13 and 14 this year. Wow. And, um, 
you know, it, it gives me a lot of pride now to be able to say, you know, to, to be the first, well, it's like I say, and don't quit your daydream, you're the first Asian kid to make a greatest hits in the history of American music. You know what I mean? Or first one to hit 10 albums, first to play Coachella, first to play Lollapalooza. For, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for us, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of, a lot of people, do, um, Asians understand the significance of that. People of color understand the significance of that. I think for a lot of other folks, though, particularly folks in the industry, they don't understand what that means, you know, for a group who has been historically challenged and perhaps excluded, you know, from certain parts of society and certainly the uh, the from showbiz. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, at this stage of my career, it just gives me a lot of pride to be able to do that, you know. And really not having changed anything that I've done, you know? I mean, I still have the same objectives musically. It's just, what can I do on the next album that I haven't done on the last album? Mm -hmm. What can I do? I, you know, I still make albums the same way. I mean, I just take a look, step back from the landscape. Okay, what can I do that nobody else is doing? And then I just sort of insert myself there. Or what can I do that I haven't done yet? Yeah. You know, and I insert myself there, you know? And so... Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I try not to take myself seriously. Um, same song, you know, um, don't quit your daydream. You know, I still pursue it with that sense of humor, that sense of newness, that same exuberance, you know, and I do, I do, because if I didn't feel good about it, I would have stopped a long time ago. If it was about the money for me, I'd have quit a long time ago. You know, it's not, it's really not. It's because. You know, I think at this stage of my career, I'm just more mission driven, you know. Yeah. So and I think and I have more stories to tell and I think I have more things to say. Yeah. Not always, but, you know, yeah. at this moment I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it, it it keeps a freshness, you know, like when I meet you, like I meet young people in this business, you know, it's like fellow actors and they, they hit success early for all. And, you know, I think when they hit that success, they didn't know who they were, or what their, mm. what their why was. And so you see like an old man in front of you. Right. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I always use that word, like as an artist, man, what do you, what do you mean by that? You see an old man? In front yeah. Of you? Like, you know, they lost the joy. They lost like, and this is a young person. Yeah. Wow. And you go, what, what happened to you, man? It's like, why are you so mad? Why are you so right. bitter? Why do you want to leave? Yeah. Where, what, what else do you want to be? Uh, oh wait, you, why do you not want to be on set? Why do you want to be in your trailer? Mm. Like as an actor, I go, this is what we've been dreaming of to be on this playground together. Mm -hmm. And where's that light, man? Where's the fun? Like, you know, as an artist, you get a bunch of artists together. It's laughter, man. If you're there for the right reasons, it's totally. just this like infectious, like innocent, idealistic laugh. And if you got the right like leadership and they're there to like fuel each other, opposed to be divisive or ego driven. Yo, the magic happens, and that's where, like, you know, for me, I, 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 you know, constantly am fighting to normalize, like, nonsense in our business, mm -hmm. right? Because when there's money in business, sometimes the truth isn't told. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're fucking up, or you're being an ass, or, yo, you're on the wrong path, yeah. it's so important for somebody in your circle to go, yo, got to stop that, humble yourself. Check but you. then, you know, these yeah. monsters or these these ego gorilla you know these ego ego monsters are created and 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 i and i see it man and then that's why i keep using that like that light behind you know you know someone's you know eyes where i go you know they have success they've seen the world they tasted the best but how is it that 
they wake up with this like drive to touch other people in a positive way, right? Yeah, I, I think, I think for me, um, I've had to fight for everything, you know. So I never had a major label deal, you know. Nothing was ever like easy, you know. It's like so all those things that a lot of my peers. They, this business is not easy for anybody. Okay, that's the music business. Brutal, brutal. You know, it's not easy for anybody. But when you're an independent artist, and I don't mean independent now, it's a little easier being an independent artist now, which I love. It should be. Mm. But, you know, coming up in like the 90s, the 2000s, what's the word for the 2010s? The tens. The tens. The tens. There it is. You know, it it was, um, you had to fight. You had to fight for everything. You know, you had to fight for studio time, for attention, for market share, for radio play, for stage time, for a spot on the touring calendar against all these other bands. You know, you, you really had to fight, you know, and if you didn't have that inside you, you know, probably weren't going to make it you know and um so i think for me i just appreciate everything you know i'm I'm really grateful for everything that i have because i'm well aware of how much it, it it's taken and how how much sacrifice it's required not just from me but from the people around me from my family mm, you know mm. and so because i know um just how much of myself i've had to give up in order or help not give up but give in order to achieve a level that some artists may just take for granted yeah you know yeah it's same song man you know don't quit your daydream it's like um you know i i hear these artists throw tantrums there ain't enough room for more grammys in my bathroom you know what i mean like can you imagine and and not one of us has ever walked that stage still to this day and gotten an award yeah. So, and this is something that, you know, that's why it it kind of it it kind of uh, makes me upset sometimes when I hear artists of any genre like say, yeah, I keep my Grammys in my bathroom, or yeah, I don't know where my Grammy is; it's somewhere in the garage somewhere. You know what I mean? It's like we've had to work so hard just to be even seen in those in that same light as some of these other artists, and yeah. and. Um, and so I really appreciate those moments. And I think that's kind of also what keeps me humble, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, there's many parallels with, you know, the, the Hollywood and then the, the music industry, you know? Yeah. I think it's not to get on the soapbox and complain, but I hear it from, you know, my fellow, especially, you know, male actors, right? Asian male actors is that, you know, the craft of acting is something that on the, that conversation we're not actually ever invited to the table to have a mm -hmm. conversation about mm -hmm. I mean, you know they kind of look at us as like a singular device you know it's a martial arts thing right. or something exotic right um but you know it to to talk about like process and to talk about like journey to talk mm -hmm. about you know systematic approach to the craft of it right you know, it's interesting where the craft, yeah, just we're, the craft, yeah, we're not actually allowed to have that conversation. Mm. You know, and it's it's that's why I, f I feel like it's so important to have mentors. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like 
I sometimes I wonder and I go when when I meet like a young actor and they go, hey, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been inspired. And then you look at the opportunities that are presented for them where mm-hmm. they don't walk around with the same kind of looking over their shoulder as I do. Their cadence is different mm-hmm. because I think you know YouTube, all these things, the world is more global. You know, K-pop is infiltrated. Right. There's a different self-identity, a mm-hmm. self-awareness, and self, you know, idea of place in this world as an Asian male today. Mm-hmm. Totally. Compared to a guy in my generation, where I go, am I really, a, am I invited here for the right, right. reasons, or yeah. is this temporary? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always like one half. I'm just aware. It's like almost like a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. and I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. That. I wear that jacket around in society daily, mm-hmm. like kind of always second guessing the people around me. And I would love the kids that come after me never to have that issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's something to be said about being street smart mm-hmm. and, you know, having that edge and, you know, knowing you got to fight for, you know, the scraps, but then to not, to feel that, hey, in environments you're not wanted because the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. And then, something that is supposed to be so idealistic as art, music, or acting, and just because of our face, we're not fully allowed to participate. Mm. You know, that's something like you go, you know, we have to keep fighting. We yeah. have to, yeah. you know? You almost have to like to fight. Yeah. It, it almost has to be part of your DNA. Yeah. Especially our generation, yeah. you know, yeah. of, of artists. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of has to be part of your DNA. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that's interesting that you said that because I always wanted to ask you about that because you were doing it at a time where crazy rich Asians didn't exist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Always be my maybe didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Fresh off the boat didn't exist. You know, I mean, it was you. Mm-hmm. It was you and maybe a handful of other guys, you know, and, and men and women, you know. And I think the the difference, though, when when I talk to, you know, a lot of my actor friends or director friends is that, well, particularly my actor friends, you're dependent upon the script largely that someone else writes for you. Right. You're dependent upon what you're offered. Mm. When you make music, when you make records, I create the narrative. You know what I mean? And as an independent artist, especially, well, as a recording artist these days, I'm not even dependent on record labels anymore. So I don't even need the machine anymore to put out my narrative, my creation, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a little different. I think musicians in general, artists in general, that's why we can afford to be more outspoken and more because we're the one, we're we're writing our own scripts, you know, we are, and it, hey, if, if a label doesn't want to put it out, which would be the equivalent to, let's say, a studio doesn't want to put it out, we'll just put it up on the internet and do it ourselves. Done. Yeah. It's not an issue. Yeah. I'm not dependent upon anybody creating an opportunity no. for me. So it creates a, a, a different sort of, um, a, definitely a different narrative, but I think it creates a, a, a different sort of frame of mind, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So... Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's, I think we're very fortunate, A, for both of us to be able to do what we're doing. Yeah. But I think for, for a person like myself, if I want to make a song about anything in the world, I can pretty much do that. And I'm not dependent upon anybody to give me the stamp of approval. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So in that regard, in my field, I'm really fortunate. Right. 
you know, right. so I can have this kind of countercultural voice and not be worried about, you know, gatekeepers, ex- you know, keeping me out, you know, whether or not fans will gravitate towards it, that I have no control over, right. you know what I mean? Right. But, um, uh, you know, the, the, the platforms are just different in that regard. Yeah. You know? Distribution, you know, the fact that you could create a YouTube channel Get your message out. Yeah. You know, SoundCloud, right? Yeah. It's, that was the, you know, that was always the hardest part is that you can create a film, you could put your heart heart into it, but if it's not accepted at a festival, if it doesn't get a certain distribution, who's going to see it? Your parents and the friends that worked on it, right? And with today, like, that's the thing. It's like, I, I keep, sometimes I wonder if I'm starting to sound like an old man where I go, man, if I had the tools that are available today. But that's just truth. Yeah. That's just truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, but at the same time, man, it's like, you know, I, I see the world moving ahead of me because Mm. when I meet these Asian, like male or Asian American, uh, YouTubers, Mm -hmm. right. And I'm thinking like, oh yeah, we'll sit down and like, I'll share knowledge with them and they'll Mm. have some interesting questions and I sit down with them and they've already moved on. Mm-hmm. I go, yo, they're so fast and mm-hmm. they're not, they don't have the same hangups that I do. Like their fight is not yeah. my fight. You know, my fight is not their fight. They're right. kind of like, what? It, thanks a lot, but they don't really even understand. It's like your dad going, you know, I, I, yeah. was, I fought in the war yeah. to save you. That's why you got, you know, public school. That's right. why you got roads. Yeah. That's why you got democracy. And the kids are like, what? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. I, I, I kind of look, uh, so I'm feeling like, a, you know, OG where I look at yeah. the kids and go, yo, maybe... You know, even the 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 journey is different now. You know, it's it's different. Yeah, and I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But if you really step back and think about it, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. My my, let's take my son for instance. Yeah, he has no idea what I had to go through mm. to give him the life that he has now, mm. and I don't want him to. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I want him to, but I don't want him to experience what I had to go through in order for him to have the life that he has now. You right. know what I mean? Right. So that's how I kind of look at the younger artists too. There's no way they will know, you know, what they went through, but we did it for them. And so that they don't have to think about, you know, what yeah. we did. Yeah. So they're, they're able to sort of stand on our shoulders and ultimately that's what we want. Yeah. That's what we want. And, and, and there were times where like, you know, I do hear a lot of older artists sometimes say, man, they just don't understand. Or this new shit, these new kids, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, we can share our experiences with them. It'll resonate with some. It won't with others. But you have to take pride in the fact that they're able to succeed because of the things that we did. That's right. You know? That's right. And just be okay with that. That's right. You got to just be okay with that. You know? Not you. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> like even me, myself, it's like, I... I I can't be frustrated because the new artist didn't have to sit there in his driveway and hand stick labels that he made from Kinko's on blank white vinyl 12 inches yeah. like I had to. I don't want them to have to go through that. Yeah. I would rather have them be able to just upload all their music, you know, to Spotify or, you know. It's like the nature of parenthood, right? You want to leave that's a world what, that's better that's for them. Yeah. And then it's just a cycle over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. You might not be you know, appreciated, but it's there. And, and you, you know, I mean, you have to look at what you have also. I mean, I, I told you this. 
the way people see you and like when we've hung out and, and I see people around you, I mean, you can just see it in their eyes. They're just so inspired, you know, and it really like to me, that's so amazing to watch, you know, like this guy that I've known for 20 years, you know, and I know how hard it's been and I know the kind of work that you put in, you know, and I and I think I I can identify more than most, yeah, you know, yeah. and and I've been around you and I and I see how people talk to you and I see how like you know, just awe-inspired that they are of your journey and how, and just inspired in general. And I think to me, that's that's immeasurable. That's invaluable, you know. And that's something that a lot of our peers will never understand, you know. It's just, you know, the journey that we've had and, and the survival skills that we've had to learn. It's a totally different set than some of our other, you know, our peers or our counterparts, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um... You know, I just, but to, to be honest, man, I just look at it like you may feel that way or some other like older artists may feel that way about a younger generation. But think about what Sammy Davis Jr. had to go through. Or I think about what, what James Brown had to go through. You know, they couldn't even stay in certain hotels. They couldn't even eat at certain restaurants on the road. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You know, they had, they couldn't even travel down certain roads, you know, and when I think about that, I, I don't complain anymore. You know, I just don't complain about what I have to do. Should it be this hard all the time? Nah, probably not. I wish I don't want it to be that way for the next guy, you know, for the younger guys. Mm -hmm. But think about how those artists must feel about our journey. You know, they they may think that we just it was a piece of cake for yeah. you and me. Oh yeah. Compared to what they had to go through. For sure. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. look how amazing this is. We're, we're set up in your garage. You can talk about anything you want. Yeah, yeah. You can talk about anything you want, you yeah. know? And, um, I mean, we're just a few generations, like maybe two generations. I'm maybe one, two generations removed from, you know, Japanese Americans being locked up in internment camps. Right. I remember I did a, I produced a movie with Pat Morita and Mako. Mm. Uh, both were nominated for Academy Awards. I don't know if people know that out there, mm. but uh, they're both Sam Pebbles for Mako and and Karate Kid for uh, Pat Morita. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was this this thing for me. So it was so important because I needed to be around like these like living icons. Mm -hmm. Like I would read about them and Mako. You know, it was part of the theater world in New York, and his, you know, cadence and his style of acting was you know, more method and theater-based, traditional than Pat, who, Pat Murillo was came from comedy, who's more, mm -hmm. you know, kind of just Brilliant. off the hip, right? Brilliant, um, yeah. And and you know, being around those guys, it made me aware that you know the stuff and the the the, the struggles that I'm going through as a as an Asian actor in town yeah. it's tough there's limited opportunities but then yo Pat and Mako were put in camps bro you know they were just like yo you were born here but you're Japanese you're in camps and when they came out I was kind of sitting there and I would talk to them during like in between takes and go why would you even pursue acting when you were the enemy you were enemy number 1 <laughs> right so what were you going to go out for? Yeah. Japanese soldier. That's right. Right? Yeah. But you go, dude, if it made if I were their parents, I'd go, that makes no sense. Right, totally. What opportunity are you going to have? Why would you even do that? Totally, yeah. Right? Yeah. But the, if they were not around, yeah. I they would have not opened the doors yeah. to desensitize the American audience to yeah. Pat Morita, like, yeah. you know, an Asian kind of 
you know, American kind of sensibility to comedy. He was yeah. foul. He was almost, he's the red fox of Asian America. Yeah, he was brilliant, man. Right? I love so that. Yeah. He needed to go yeah. through all that. Mako yeah. needed to go through yeah. all that to show the Academy that, yo, we're actually actors. Yes. Right? Even if I'm playing the Japanese kamikaze yeah. soldier, right? Right. And so, like, w- w- what we're going through yeah. is compared to what they're going through. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. Think of what they had to go through. See, we, we live in sort of like, we have like a, a, a dual life, you know, because, you know, we're artists, but we're also artists in, in, a, in an industry that not necessarily, not necessarily used to us, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, historically. Mm-hmm. So, but, but think of, think of, I mean, I, how many roles did Pat have to do with an accent? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mako too. You know, that's do you, just. Do you know these people? I'm familiar with Pat Morita, <laughs> and I believe I've heard of Mako. Yeah. You know what's you know what's crazy, right? Yeah. Is that to me, Mako represents like almost the foundation in my idea of what Asian American male acting in this country is. Mm. And to his generation, he's only maybe what are you like ten years younger than me? Maybe, maybe it's around there, right? <laughs> but he, it's irrelevant. That guy's irrelevant to him. Yeah. And that's crazy. That's crazy. This guy has like no. Pat Morita, Karate Kid, it's part of this zeitgeist, right? That, right? that he has to know, but he doesn't. He probably's never listened to his like stand up, mm. right? Shame on you! <laughs> hey, I know Anna Mae Wong, not that one. What does she represent to you? Uh, she's an ACT test question. Horrible shame, <laughs> shame. That's See, that's funny, the man. problem. Yeah. See, but that's where you go, hey, man, at the end of it, you can't never take yourself too seriously. Right. I mean, you can't. No. Because you'll kill yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's just, like I said, think of what those guys went through, man. Not only in the industry, but like you said, in life. Have all your possessions, your worldly possessions taken away from you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's what's happening. Meanwhile, they're in this industry that is, especially at that time, was really hostile. Yeah. Yeah. So... When, when I think about that, I'm just like, okay, it's, it, it was, and it is infinitely better for you and I than it was for those guys, Yeah, you know, and likewise for the next generation. Do you think that's true, Raceram? Because you're a generation below us or after us. Mm-hmm. So do you feel not, I'm, I'm not saying that you are an Asian person because he's in a mask, <laughs> but if you were, if you were. Do you would, do you think in the world that you live in without the mask you feel that you're you're marginalized? Oh sure, but not as much as the people before, and then I'm sure the people after me, if I were Asian, would have it an easier time then too. But it's just a cycle that keeps going, and hopefully, you know, you ha- when you have that torch, you're pushing it as far as you can, and then you hope for the best for the next generation. Mm. It's such a PC answer, like it's a great political. <laughs> I love your response. You said that you. Went, mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that. Mm. I don't even know what you said, really. Like, <laughs> I don't. Know, what language was that? Like, oh, I'm serious. Shit. Like, what did you say with that statement? So you keep pushing forward. Uh, and my question was, do you feel? <laughs> do you feel? In this, uh, the world that you live in, do you feel if you were Asian? Do you feel that makes an impact on how the world is 
sees you in the world that you live in today? Oh, sure, because it normalizes it. Because I feel like when you don't see what the other possibility is, you don't know it's a possibility. If that makes any sense. Like before I saw What the more... hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what's that I mean? I mean, like growing up, um, I used, there was one moment where I would watch a lot of movies with single digits. And I remember thinking like, hmm, I wish I was white. And it was a very like <laughs> passive thought. And I didn't think anything of it. And it was only when I got older where I realized like, wow, that was the impact that it had on me. And it was something where I didn't know what the alternative was because I always watched like, you know, Hollywood movies. My uh -huh. parents aren't like cinephiles. So uh -huh. I'd only watch like American movies. So I didn't know that there was this other thing. And it's something that I think that both of you have done is like pave that way and make it like, okay, here is another way. And then hopefully each successive generation will push that idea forward so that it's no longer like, oh, what's another option? Bless you. Yeah, thank you. It's like, okay, we all have a seat at the table. <laughs> oh, it's a good answer. Yeah. Good answer. That, was that my question? I don't know, man. But it was a good answer. We use that answer for another question. <laughs> That's hell of fun. I think difficulties aside, though, yeah, we're amazingly lucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we're yeah. amazingly lucky and we're incredibly blessed to be able to, A, do this for a living, number one. Yes. Number two, not worry about tomorrow necessarily, you know. And... um and the fact that the, the full spectrum of our work is deep. It goes decades now at this point, you know. And that's uh, not many artists can say that, period, you know. And like I said, you know, it's, it's really crazy to me um, that after all these years, you know, a lot of times when I do shows, like we'll do meet and greets and stuff like that afterwards. And, or, you know, I'll get these, you know, DMs on Instagram or, you know, on Twitter and so forth. And, you know, I, I, I tend to spend a lot of time in my head, you know, and, you know, thinking about what my next move is going to be. What's my next song? What's my next album? What's my next, my next, my next, you know, and you have this list of goals that, that have yet to be checked off, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes I let that, get the best of me and I don't always think about all the beautiful things that I've been able to achieve and experience because I'm always focused on tomorrow you know yeah yeah and I was talking to my wife about that you know she was like you know think about all those people that have came up to me or you know at, at the gigs and have been like you know your songs helped me through you know I was in prison or I was suicidal at one time or you know i had to get my nerve up for a job interview you know or i was trying to get through finals you know or uh you, you know i was going through cancer treatment or you know da, 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 da. and i had your music to help me through mm. you know yeah and that is just like suddenly all the shit that i haven't done yet doesn't even matter because mm. when you look at the way that you've affected people and it, it really changed the way that I thought about music. Because sometimes, you know, when I'm writing songs or whatever, I'm writing about what, 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 I, what I feel strongly about at that moment. 
But then when I'm done with the song and I record it, I just move on to the next one. And I'm not really thinking about what happens when it goes out into the ether and how it resonates with people. I don't really have control over that. And I'm not yeah. in everybody's car or in their house. So I have no, I, have, I really have no uh, idea how the, how or where these songs land, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And um, to be told that so much, you know, over the years you really start to see that your your art has more value than just sound going in people's ears. You know, it really does create, um, uh, like, a, it, it, it really helps people. You yeah. know, it, when done right, it really helps and inspires people, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that is, I, 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 it took me a long time to really appreciate that aspect mm -hmm. of what it is that we do. Yeah. You know, and it's like I told you when I saw people, when I, you know, when, when we were, um, we were hanging out, I guess, back, back in San Francisco for that mm -hmm. time. And, you know, just to see, to be, you know, have people in our presence, you know, and like I said, I could see how they would react to you because they're familiar with your body of work. You know what I mean? And it just, you can't take that kind of shit for granted ever, you know, yeah. and it makes the bad day so much better, you yeah. know, yeah. it makes the bad day so much better, you know, cause there's, it's tough. It's a tough business, yeah. man, you know, for any artist, yeah. you know, it's a tough business. And, um, you know, it really teaches you a lot about gratitude, you know, and, uh, makes you see your own self-worth in a different way you know yeah yeah you know and, and look this is you know these these type of conversations is not sitting here complaining like mm -hmm. i know i know where i stand you mm -hmm. know and i know what i have and i know the opportunities i've gotten yeah. and, you know it's really like sometimes i go yo man i wish i could talk to the 20 year version of myself mm -hmm. and tell them stop getting in your own way and mm -hmm. this is like kind of like this, you know, free form conversation to go. If people are kind of going on this journey themselves, looking for artistic value or looking for artistic footprint, mm. listen to this conversation and hopefully they get something out of it or they learn something not to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So yeah, I I, I, I subscribe to you know, your perspective on life is like, yeah man, struggle, you know, it equals gratitude if you're able to twist it and make it positive. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, also, man, I have a very cowboy attitude about things. It's right. like, yo, yeah. it's gonna be tough. It's supposed to be tough. Yeah. And when, you know, young dudes like complain to me and they like, you know, they bitch and complain and whine. I look at them and go, yo, man, you ain't cut out. Then it's just right. the basic message is to like, keep going. And I do not, you know, like when people react or. You know, I look at my kind of body work. I go, yo, I'm not even close. I haven't even started. Right. Like, I go, this. I, I, I feel like I even haven't even gone onto the field yet. Yeah. Like I've just been playing D League. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you've been doing it for such a long time, but I don't want to be known as the dude that's been doing it for such a long time. I want to yeah. go to the show. Yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I still got that hunger, and yeah. I go, where? Like, where's that hunger? Mm -hmm. Where'd that hunger come from? Is because I've, I've been starved. Totally. You know, and when that 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 that's, yeah. that that thing is starving, it's like. But then I've had to learn to not make that into a negative and be bitter and be jaded and go, yo, why not me? And how mm -hmm. come you? It's to really step back and go, all right, what are the more important things, man? Mm -hmm. It's like with success, if I can't share and pass that forward, if I don't have good people around me to mm -hmm. like, you know, 
find the the spotlight in those quiet moments that are not red carpet and mm-hmm. have nothing to do with show business. Yeah, you know, there's no point. Right. No point in any success because it's yeah. all alone, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, thanks, you all, for tuning in to Songs Garage. That was part one of a two-part podcast with legendary hip-hop artist Lyrics Born. Thank you so much, LB, for coming over and dropping off some knowledge. Uh, thank you for your energy, your constant support in the community. Uh, you paved the way for a lot of other hip-hop artists behind you. So thank you for your endless contribution back to the community. Right, make sure you guys tune in to part two of my podcast with Lyrics Born. He talks about fatherhood and his journey of raising a young man in today's world. Definitely got a lot of insight from that. And also we go deep into toxic masculinity. We talk about how we can be more responsible as mentors, especially to young men out there. So hopefully you guys tune in, get something out of it, and let us know what you think. You all be good. Time to give a shout out to all the people that made Songs Garage possible. We got producers Anson Ho, Sal Gatula, Gary Lee, Aaron Strongone. We got music by the one and only talented Lyrics Born. And we got food, catering, and hugs and love by Mickey M. Alright, thank you very much. And also, all of you guys that are listening. Till next time, peace out. See you at Songs Garage. Sit there and watch me eat.